It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Group. This is SENSA Summer Breakfast with Jared Walsh and Bryce Gibbs. And good morning. Great to be back in the studio here, uh, the SENSA Studio Lumo, 1 King William Street, powered by Lumo Energy SA, whether you're listening on 1629 or on the app. Going to be 28 degrees today, and Bryce Gibbs, still plenty to come as well. Our first guest very soon, Mark Milligan from Adelaide United. Um, We are also going to chat to Mark Woodford about the Australian Open. Novak getting through comfortably. Last night, um, extremely comfortably against Alex Stevenor, which is not good for the Aussie. Um, there's plenty of sport going on, though. Yeah, there certainly is. And I want to touch on a bit of controversial news, which has uh, come across our desks, obviously, over the weekend. Uh, and that's our Australian Olympian, Peter Bowl, has tested positive to a prohibited substance, uh, EPO. So... He finds himself in some hot water. I think he's come out and, and denied uh, the allegations, said uh, he's been a victim of a flawed system. So there's obviously going to be a, a bit more to play out around this. But, um, yeah, the, the, these things you you don't like waking up and, and reading and, and finding out, especially when uh, when there are very own Australian Olympians. Um, and, yeah, there's, there's uh, going to be some fallout from this, no doubt. You'd like to think that in this day and age, uh, we're educated enough to know that, um, I mean, there's there's drug testing absolutely everywhere. So no one's going to be silly enough to actually try and cheat the system. So let's hope it all works out for Peter Boll. Um, he maintains his innocence, which of course we, we need to believe and keep on going. I wanted to ask you what the, the drug testing policy is like, because we see um, these organisations, SADA and WADA, um, a lot of the time it's post-match that um, players are tested. If you go back to 2020 with the, the Women's Cricket World Cup, um, I was there and uh, Katy Perry was performing on stage with the Australian women's cricket team. So they just defeated India in front of 86,000 people. Katy Perry's performing. She invited the Australian women's cricket team to get up on stage and sing one of her songs. And they were all standing there except one. And that was Rachel Haynes. She didn't get to experience that because she was being drug tested. Can you talk us through that whole process and, and what it is actually like for athletes? Yeah, it's a, it's obviously a, a process that's taken extremely seriously, and uh, you know from a, from a, an Asada point of view, they they can access you as a professional athlete at any time. So hence, you've just said in one of her funnest moments of winning yeah. a World Cup, and and to miss out on a little bit of the celebrations is is obviously disappointing. But they can turn up any time after or on game day, any time during the week at training. Uh, as an athlete, you are required to let them know your whereabouts at all times. And if you say where you are, you have to be, if they rock up to that spot, say it's your house and you're not there, you have one hour to get to that spot where you are uh, and pass a sample, uh, either urine or blood. Um, that's the rules. That's the way it goes. What so happens if you don't get in? 365 days, well, uh, that, that classifies as a, as a strike and uh, classifies as you doing the wrong thing. 
Right. So yeah, it's uh, it's as I said, it's taken extremely seriously, uh, and that's 365 days of the year. Even if you're on holiday, if you're holidaying in the off season um, in Bali or in Europe, you have to give your um, address, where the hotel you're staying at, where you're staying at, and they can turn up there as well, even in that time. So you could be in Bali with the family, about to. Um swim up to the pool bar because you've had a, a great season and you're going, you know, I want some downtime and um, the pool bar has great access in Bali. Then you get a call and you've got one hour to respond. And then you might have someone arriving uh, in Seminyak going, Bryce, I need your urine. That's uh, that's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> and even from, uh, so say that even though that say they come to trading, it's uh, it's a pretty intense process. Uh, once, it's done randomly, uh, and they there was a time there where they started to do some some blood profiling on players as well over about a ten week period. Um, but if you're picked out as as a person to to pass a sample, they follow you around. So they chap you have a chaperone with you. So if you can't if you're not ready to go to the toilet um, at that particular point, you have someone follow you around until you are. And, and this is because I'm assuming because of folklore where there there have been allegations that players have been swapping fluid or uh, accessing fluid that isn't their own to provide it. Yes, so that that's correct. So as when you go through the process as well, you have to stand down, pull your pants mm. right down, and someone watches you literally pee into a cup. It's quite uncomfortable. It, it, certainly for the first or second <laughs> yeah. time doing it, it is extremely comf- uncomfortable. So, unfortunately, uh, um, that's uh, the a part of the the job you sign up for, and um, you sign up to do that. So, uh, yeah, there's a little bit of an insight on on how it works. Right. Um, I have one more personal question about that for you before we listen to um, Dr. Peter Larkins about um, Peter Bowl. Post-match, though, if you're getting drug tested post-match, you're normally quite dehydrated, so it'd be quite hard to pass fluid then, correct? Uh, yeah, sometimes it can take a couple of hours. Uh, you are allowed to drink water to, to yeah. help speed that process up a little bit. But, uh, again, you'll have the chaperone following you around. And, yeah, there's been times guys have have had to wait three or four hours post-match. And you think if it's a night game too, like sometimes they're not getting out of there till. Two, three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Well, they sound like great people to be around, but they're doing the right thing as well by keeping the sport clean as well. Um, let's have a listen to Dr. Peter Larkins talking about Peter Bowl. EPOs via injection. I don't know of any oral way to get EPO into your system without knowing, and it's pretty hard for me to put a needle in your neck without you knowing you've had an injection. So it's quite extraordinary for an EPO test to come up on someone who doesn't know how they've got into their system. It's quite um quite direct in what he's saying as well. It's very pointed, isn't it? And, <laughs> yes. and he's the, he's the professional, so uh, I don't know if that reads very well for for Peter Bowl after after hearing that. I hadn't heard that clip, so um, that's that's a little bit distressing. Yeah, watch this space. We will keep you up to date as well. Let's quickly talk about the Adelaide Strikers, who over the weekend were extremely disappointing in in a match against the Renegades tonight. They need to win if they want any chance of playing finals in the BBL, similarly to the Adelaide 36ers, and we'll read your texts about them really soon. Um, They started the season three wins in a row. The Strikers, a brilliant performance. Chris Lynn was playing well. Rashid Khan was here. Players were scoring runs, and then it's... Breaking all sorts of records. Chasing down 230 
Everything Something was perfect. It was, it was going going well. And then it's all it's all ended in tears. Uh, over the weekend was really disappointing. Ninety two runs um, against a team in which we thought we could probably mix it with the Perth Scorchers. A really special round in the BBL as well in First Nations round. Um, we always like winning the Jason Gillespie Trophy. And the mentality from the players was they needed to go out and attack and make as many runs as possible because they needed to win. And everything went against us. Um, there were there weren't many highlights really, and Perth made the runs in twelve overs. So again, um, we're left wanting at the Adelaide Strikers. Yeah, we certainly are, and we played a pretty good outfit. Like they're certainly the the team to beat in the in the BBL this year, the Perth Scorchers. But yeah, you're right. After such a, a great start to the tournament, um, we we all know um, Rashid Khan and losing Chris Lynn as well. Like you, they are world class players. You can't just go out and replace them. Mm. We obviously had Trav Head and, and Kerry come back, which which strengthens the, the, the squad. There's no doubt about that. But um, when you've got guys who have started the tournament in such good fashion as well, to, to just lose them, um, it does ask the question, how can we, going forward, get around this? How can yeah. we sign them up for the whole tournament? Do, there's been speak of, do we need to shorten the the tournament to play fewer games so that we can keep access to these, these world-class 2020 players and, and, and let them finish off their campaign with whatever, whatever team they're playing with. That's the so, challenge we've got. And I feel like uh, Trav would be really disappointed with his own batting performance. Um, Alex Carey, um, you know, had a one decent game with the bat and we saw over the weekend, Harry Nielsen, who's the the traditional keeper when Kez isn't playing, he came in as a batting option too. Um, what the, the BBL needs to get right is um, all of the other leagues which are starting to break out now. So Rashid Khan's gone over to South Africa. Um, Chris Lynn is playing in a different competition. Until we start making sure that these tournaments are aligned, then we will have players for a, a small amount of games. I'd much rather have Rashid Khan and Chris Lynn right now to be qualifying for finals and then to play finals and not the first couple of games of the well, season. What's the pointy end of the, the season. Like, yeah. Of course you want your best players playing well when it when it matters. And absolutely, you still need to get off to a good start and, and bank wins early in a tournament like this. But yeah, when it's all said and done, of course you want your best players playing uh, when it when it really matters. Well, Peter Siddle was doorstopped by Channel 7 yesterday to have a chat about head coach Jason Gillespie. Yeah, it's been tough, hasn't it? It has. It's not just the air on him and, and, the, and the assistant coaches and players. It's everyone involved. We started off on such a high. It'd be a, it'd be a waste, you know, just to throw away that start. Renegades had similar season to us. They've been up and down, I think, all throughout the middle, other than the, the, the stars at the bottom and, you know, the two at the top. Everyone's very even. So, um, it's, yeah, it's going to be an amazing finish over the next couple of nights because no one really knows how this um, the table's going to finish up. And going by our season, we'll probably win by 300 runs tonight. <laughs> That's yeah, just the, the inconsistency. In the dead rubber. <laughs> Certainly right. Uh, we are here thanks to Tire Power Selected Kumo Tires at 25% off very soon. Look, we, we've brought a game into SENSA Breakfast. And Bryce, I'm going to quiz you really soon just to see what your Australian open knowledge is like. Uh, hopefully you're feeling really confident. You look nervous. We, we're every chance to hear crickets in this uh, in this next <laughs> segment, I reckon. Before we get to that, we will catch up with Mark Milligan from Adelaide United going for 28 degrees today. It's SENSA Breakfast. Good morning.